comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth. I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime. I am the Flash. I'm here because the future of the world is in peril. Because of a man named Vandal Savage. I chose you eight to travel throughout time to stop them. You got the wrong guy. Heroing on my resume. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legends. Hey everybody, welcome to DC TV Podcast episode 68, and you know what? We have absolutely no brand new episodes of DC TV to talk about this week. None. What? Zero. <coughs> so that gives Chubb an extra week to get his uh, episode 69 jokes together. Because <laughs> it's just that we need as more of those, right? We need as many oh. of those as possible. We might just do, just do a whole podcast of nothing but that. It, it, it's almost like you're encouraging me. Is this like opposite world am i in the twilight zone but we are going to just we have some uh, discussions uh, on the table we have a little bit of news and we're going to start you know a video club or a justice league watching video club with the uh debut three-parter secret origins 2001 uh debut of the animated justice league from you know bruce tim paul denny butch lukic lukic and friends so uh if you want to watch along with us they are available on the Netflix streaming, if you have the Netflix streaming, and I know a lot of us do now. My children, I tried to explain to my children the other day, you know. Now, if a show was on, and we weren't home at the right time, we would miss it. And she goes, well, my daughter's oh, like, well, why, oh? didn't you just, why didn't you just watch it on Hulu? I was like, there wasn't any Hulu then. <laughs> there wasn't, hey, any, there wasn't any internet yeah, then. And then she dropped her job, my five-year-old, like... <gasps> Like I said, there wasn't any air then, or there, you know, the right. sky was purple, <laughs> purple, and it, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, how did you survive without the internet? But um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, two thousand one, it debuted on Cartoon Network in prime time too, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, so we're gonna be talking <laughs> and about that. It feels that. like the nineties too, because I mean, it still had that same flavor and just tone of going into Batman the animated series and Batman Beyond and and uh, the Superman animated series, you know. So it all just kind of flows together into one big universe. So yeah, I, I see why you had the feeling of the nineties. Tonight, joining me in this uh, in this trip uh, down memory lane to talk about Secret Origins and other stuff, he was Snapper Carr's college roommate. And he's the only one who knows why they call him Snapper. Mr. Richard the Chub Toad Sheldon. Okay. <laughs> so why do they call him Snapper? I I, I can't I, I can't divulge it. And the new hot yoga instructor at the watchtower, Miss Jerry Atkins. Emphasis on the hot. 
Hot Zero G Yoga at the in the Watchtower. That was one thing. When we, when we get to it, we'll talk about it. But uh, the the way the Watchtower just kind of popped up at the end of this episode. It's like, yeah, it's almost like Cisco built it. You know. <laughs> from the flash. That's exactly it came what out I was of nowhere, thinking. You know. I was thinking the other day, I, I was rewatching some of the season finales. Of course, we had that big reveal at the end of Legends with Rex Tyler uh, introducing okay. himself as the Hour Man from the Justice Society of America. Now, do you think that Rex Tyler and that Justice Society are going to connect up with the John Wesley ship or Jay Garrick character? Like, do you think they're from the same Earth? That's is what I'm asking very possible and would be very cool i would dig that and i'm definitely hoping to see more of the jay garrick earth is he earth three yeah well he's, he says you would call it earth three yeah but john wesley ship i follow him on facebook and uh, he said that he is definitely returning for season three so he will be back um as jay garrick the, the flash so i think it's incredibly awesome i think barry as much as he has, like, all these dad figures in his life already with Wells and Joe and everything, I think he needs, like, a speedster mentor figure. And I think, like, Daryl touched on yeah, this earlier. You know, I think it would be really great, and it's a great way to tie it yeah. back to the other series. And if they really are going to do, like, this four-way giant crossover, then it would be a good way to tie it to Legends, if that is indeed the same JSA. Yeah. Um, the only problem with that is that I worry, I, well, I don't worry about, but the only problem I see with that would be the timeline. Like, it would the Rex Tyler that came off that Wave Rider was, like, in his 20s, he was young. And the Jay Garrick that we've seen is, you know, John Wesley Ship's probably 50s, I guess, by now. He's in good shape, yeah. so I'd say 50s, maybe early 60s. Is it, you know, I mean, do you think the Legends version of the JSA is going to be that Earth further up the timeline, or a different timeline, or do you think they're going to be have the wherewithal to put the continuity <clears throat> together like we'd like them to? Or? I, I think any of that is a possibility, and by the way, uh, he is 61 years old, and uh, I, I, I would be happy with any of that, but... If it is of the same Earth as uh, as this Jay Garrick, I would I would assume it's in that future of that Earth, and maybe possibly there's already been you know because we're dealing with time streams here, so it, it's possible that they have already um, interacted, and we just haven't seen that you know. Or I mean, or, or alternately, that could be. I mean, the thing about the JSA that I always enjoyed, especially in the Jeff John uh, in the James Robinson runs, was that idea of legacy. You know, that idea of like right. being a second right. or third generation uh, character. I mean, yeah. that's what really appealed to me about Wally West in the '80s after Crisis. You know, and why yeah. I was, it was so cool. I thought they used him in the cartoon. Was that he was coming in front? I mean, he was like the first, you know, real sidekick or whatever to take on the mantle of the hero. Uh, after the hero had died. I mean, not until yep. like, much later did like Dick Grayson get to be Batman. You know what I mean? Um, did, it, did it really happen again? And that whole storyline that I, I think Mike Barron started it, and then Mike Wade and Brian Augustin did it in the 80s and early 90s, where Wally is like in the shadow of Barry. He's trying to be, be his own man, but he's also trying to live up to the legacy of Barry. You know, he has this like support team around him of speedsters and stuff. I mean, I think that's really what you know, draws the char- me to the character, you know. So. I was always, uh, you know, I always liked Barry Allen, but much like what you're talking about in Into the Late 80s after Crisis and everything, it, it I I don't know, I just identified with that, that Flash more than I did 
Barry at that point, and it just, yeah, I, I agree. I think, and by far, he he took it, you know, to the next level. Yeah, maybe this young Rex Tyler is like the you know, second or third generation, you know. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, they could have a whole backstory filled in for that, or three, where, you know, exactly. they're like, yeah, I would love that. That would be great, because that's what I always loved about JSA. You know? yeah. Do you think iZombie should cross over obliquely? Not in a major way, but just in like a small way to let us know they're in the same universe? Well, I don't think they are in the same universe because at one point Cisco referenced somebody as iZombie. I can't even remember. It was in a recent episode, though. Yeah. So It was the guy guy who played Gerner? Yeah. Who also played played Rose McGyver's boyfriend in iZombie. Yeah, meaning that there is the, the fictional property, you know, either TV or comic that Cisco would know, so that would negate... The eyes on me ever being able to cross over if they right. you know unless they just want to forget it on on the other hand if we are going to run into some sort of uh crisis flashpoint situation here there they could possibly bring it in and that would explain away you know his comment in that one episode because other than that there has been nothing but at the same time you're also talking about having two characters of the same actor in the same year. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that would be a problem. I think these writers could definitely write, find a way to write it in and make sense. And, and I would hope that it would be in a very obscure way, not, you know, very blatant because I, I don't know that I'd want our characters from that show and the characters from these shows to mix too much. Yeah, it would be hilarious if, like, maybe uh, I don't know, uh, Ravi was reading a Flash comic book, and then put it down to cool. like it started, you know, just something really like oblique. Oh, that'd be yeah, you know, like yeah. that, like yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing major, you know, not like you know, hi, my name is Barry Allen, can I help with the zombie virus? You know, I, no, I was just talking about something like a little, just a little reference to it because it's the only, it's the only show on CW based on a DC property that's not going to be a part of this. You know, Berlantiverse, I guess we would call it. Right. Uh, once Supergirl comes over. Well, and the other thing, too, is is Flash couldn't even show up in, you know, uh, Green Arrow City to help stop every nuclear device in the world being launched. Um, I doubt he's going to show up to iZombie being like, yeah, hey, how about I help you take some zombies out? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just saying, like, an oblique, oblique <laughs> reference to be cool. Um, the uh, director of the movie Dope... Uh, Rick okay. Famuwaya is <clears throat> going to be directing the Flash movie. That's dope. Uh, it's, a, it's a great move <laughs> yeah, on there. I think it's a great move. I mean, you have Patty Jenkins, who like directed Monster and directed so many other great things, doing Wonder Woman. You know, and to to get another like critically acclaimed, really good director for one of your anchor properties, I think that's a really good move. Yeah. It shows that they're not giving up on the DC universe at all in, in a cinematic way. You know what I mean? Um, we also, uh, in the news, we got a little uh, tidbit that the Season 5 villain for Arrow is going to be modeled after Stringer Bell from The yes, Wire. from The Wire. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that's good news because I still have yet to watch The Wire. But <gasps> What's man, wrong with you? Oh, okay. You know what? You're, you're, you're <laughs> Where not do allowed, I begin, Jerry? You're not allowed on this podcast until you watch that and come back. I'm sorry. The Wire is required watching. It's like Breaking I, Bad. You know, you, you have it's, to have seen it's it. It's canon now. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's,
Okay, you know, you, you've got a vow to us. Like, like, take some kind of crazy podcast oath. Raise your left hand and your right foot. <laughs> no? Okay, raising my left hand but and uh-huh. my right you, foot. You can do it. You can sit down first. That's fine. Oh, well, I'm okay. sitting down anyway. Hereby, but... solemnly swear in front of all of our listeners. Go ahead and say that. I hereby solemnly I, I, swear. I hereby solemnly <laughs> swear in front of all our listeners. Should I be wearing that, something official? I don't know. No, I'm wearing something official. My Spider-Man underwear. That Uh-oh. I shall <laughs> That I shall watch the what wire. Webby weaves. Indeed. That I shall it's watch. It's still all on HBO Go, isn't the it? Wire in its entirety. It is. It um, is. I'm going to. I will. I, I will pretty, watch yeah, it I'm in its sure. entirety. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of the definitely like high points of HBO's programming, like that and The Sopranos. I mean. But um, they, but here's the interesting thing. They're saying the uh, the guy uh, the, tentatively named Anton Church, and the name does not exist in the DC Comics database, by the way. Um, he's a, described as a ruthless crime lord who will fill the power vacuum left by our dear departed Damien Dark and his <clears throat> wife, Rive. Casting description for the role called the character an, quote, apex predator who cuts his way through problems. By taking down the biggest threat first. I guess we're going to see, like, it's almost like the Kingpin, I guess. Like a rise to power while Oliver and company are trying to restore peace and order to Star City. It's interesting how they kind of, they really went hard into, like, the magic and superpowers this season. To hear them say they're going to kind of back off of that and kind of go back to the show's roots where it's a little more grounded, a little more Nolan-esque. I think that's a good move. It's a good move, but... We already know that they're not going to get rid of the flashbacks, and I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just worried because everything that they try to do with these flashbacks of tying it to the lesson of what's going on in the current timeline, I don't know. I just, where, where, I, I'm, 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 I'm just afraid that this is going to be their make or break. This is either going to be good and keeps it going for another or this is going to break it and we're not going to have any more after that season. Well, I mean, look at the look at the his, history of this the show, right? It started out very ground level, very like uh very you know, very street level, very not not realistic but plausible, you know what I mean? And then, you know, they're like, "Oh, we're going to keep it this way and you know, just like very very believable and stuff." And then the Flash happens, and the Flash is a huge huge success. And they're like, okay, well, maybe we should have some superpowers in here every now and again. So let's tie this into Legends. Let's, you know, have his new villain have these magic powers and stuff. Right. All this stuff. And now I think they're realizing that that probably was a mistake for this show. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously they're still going to do the crossovers with the other shows or whatever. But, I mean, as when Arrow stands on its own, I think it stands best as like a crime drama, like more of a Batman type yeah. show. So. I agree. Hopefully that's yeah. yeah. Hopefully that's where it's headed. That's what it sounds like they're doing. Um, the interview is on Collider, by the way. Um, if you want to check it out, it's all the and there's a link to that on the DCTV um, podcast Facebook group. Hey. Um, we got some great pictures of Gal Gadot uh, working out, getting jacked for Justice League. Yep. Um, I love getting jacked for Justice. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Jack for Justice. Yes! <laughs> to the Instagram! To the Insta-ham! We, uh, Insta-ham. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my ham. Um, we also got... That's tr- so instant. That's not very instant. No, it's not instant, it's insta. See? It's that uh you gotta be wary of. 
Uh, like, uh, where my ham at? <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, we got the uh, trailer for the uh, R-rated cut of Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, the cinematographer of the movie said that this will not change minds, but it will be uh, uh, it will <clears throat> fill in some of the story holes uh, that people well, might have seen, and they said the dream sequence will be longer and other things. So that's fine with me because I don't need my mind changed because I liked it. Yeah, I liked parts of it. I thought it was kind of jam-packed. You know what I mean? It kind of had the same problem. I, I've watched. I just recently watched it again, and I, I'm finding like the, the problem. The, the main problem I have with the movie is the same problem I have with Spider-Man Three. It's just they, they try to put too much in one movie. I don't disagree. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, it had its problems, it and wanted, I didn't think there was pacing issues, but I still liked it. Too. it well, yeah, I'm not saying you know, that you're wrong for liking it. I'm just saying that I, for me, there were, I mean, they wanted to do the death of Superman. They wanted to do Batman Year One. They wanted to introduce Wonder Woman. They wanted, you know, they're, they're, it's like, um, I don't know. I just felt like, like I said, failed uh, any of these things, though. No, no, I mean, not at all. I thought, I thought to it was, get to get all these these characters in, like like Marvel has. There's, there's a real rush on them now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I don't have hate for the movie at all. I'm just saying oh, no, that, we know. that that you know. I just feel like it's it's a little overstuffed. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you, but I think you know, coming from the same studio that jam packed Green Lantern full of crap and failed miserably i feel that this Uh-oh. is something that they learned from that and did it right green lantern didn't go far enough green lantern should have been about space cops well you I know, agree. it shouldn't have been about a giant cloud and uh, peter sarsgaard's head getting bigger you know right <laughs> it should have been about space cops outer space it should have been the part on oa like stretched out to almost a whole movie you know the part with sinestro getting the yellow ring probably shows happened at the beginning of the second act you know? i agree Anyway, enough, uh, you know, armchair quarterbacking because we are not in charge of DC TV. Too bad, though. We're not? We should be. Since when? I'm going to call my lawyers. There's an interesting article also from uh, monkeysfightingwithrobots.com that we posted on the Facebook group about how this might be kind of the make-or-break season for Arrow, and we kind of touched touched on that. One of our listeners wrote in and said that uh, they, they feel bad. When uh, we are reviewing Arrow, we, they feel like they should be... I saw John Davis. Uh, when we are reviewing Arrow, he should be wearing a yellow ribbon because he feels like we're being held hostage. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, we're not the only one. And I, I know a couple of people have said, you know, that, that they might not be too... Like, if the first couple episodes of next season of Arrow don't grab them, they're out. I think, yeah, I, I think they really know. have, like... Uh, they have to turn it around this season. I really, really think so. Yep. We still have not seen, they have not released the upfronts yet, publicly. The, uh, the little, like, teaser trailers they put together for the coming season to kind of show where they're going. But they should be out soon. They usually are out, like, after the event. Not too soon. Right. Not too long after, so. Um, yeah, Preacher took the weekend off for uh, Memorial Day, so that's the only show we have going on right now as a weekly concern. So we decided that we were going to watch the uh, the Justice League uh, cartoon because a great excuse to watch it. <laughs> I thought. And if if you are wanting to follow along with us, you can go to our Facebook group page, and uh, there is a document in there that shows the schedule of what episodes we'll be talking about when. Yes, there's a fabulous document that Chubb Toad made, and now we're all locked in for perpetuity. Right, and uh, he also he also left a plate of lemon squares and some punch and pie. So, 
I'm going to get the JPG for that. You can also get some punch and pie. So, that's always good. Is there gluten-free and sugar-free options also? I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> pie can be whatever you want it to be. Pies, the possibilities of pie are endless. <sighs> See? Um, <laughs> that's a math joke right there. Hashtag math. Your math. The uh, 2001, uh, when they came out with the uh, spun off the Justice League from, as Chub Toad mentioned earlier, Batman the Animated Series, and then Superman the Animated Series, and this in the timeline of the, the continuity comes out after the Batman Superman uh, World's Finest uh, movie that they did together, which was also a three-parter, uh, broken up into a three-parter <clears throat> for um, broadcast. Uh, so that's why Batman and Superman are you know know each other at the beginning of the story, and they kind of trust each have an implicit trust already. As we said, the uh, the masterminds behind the show um, to to start with Paul Denny, Bruce Tim. Uh, we have a lot of a uh, huge list of creators though, like because they borrowed from so many different uh, so many different uh, uh, you know stories. Uh, down through the, um, the the episodes, classic you know comic stories. I mean, the Alan Moore stories and J.M. DeMatteis and uh, but, Finger. <laughs> but the uh, the but all the um, the episodes were directed by primarily three guys: uh, Dan Reba, uh, Butch Lukic, and uh, Joaquin oh. Dos Santos. The the uh, the people that wrote the most for the show and wrote the, wrote the most episodes: Dwayne McDuffie, um, his. Yes. His influence really starts to shine in like the end of the first season, beginning of the second season. We really the characters are a little more humanized. Um, little uh, we start to see the little like thing between uh, Bruce and Diana kind of pop up then. Mm-hmm. Um, that was um, you know part of this uh, cartoon. Well, the only one he's credited with is the Brave and the Bold in the first season, but he is heavily involved in the second season. And that Brave and the Bold one, I can't wait for that one. But my favorite of his that he wrote is The Terror Beyond. That one is a fun one, and I can't wait to talk about that one. Oh, yeah, that was a great one. And, uh, I mean, he, I don't know, there's so many he wrote. And then for Young Justice as well, I mean, so many great things. Right. Um, but uh, Rich Fogel, Bill Finger, uh, Stan Berkowitz, I'm writing credits a lot. Um, and of course, Bob Kane, Joe Schuster, Jerry Siegel for creating, you know, the, the characters, William M. Marston. Auto binder, you know. Jack Kirby at, at the very top, and it's interesting the, the animation style. And uh, you know, I've, I'm I'm sure I'm not the first person to to point this out. Is is definitely for the Tim versus like half Alex Toth and half Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. You know, it's got like the the design and the, kind of the blockiness yeah. and the simplicity I of did. action of Kirby, and then like the the clean lines of of an Alex Toth. You know, and uh, yeah. that's kind of the secret sauce. Uh, of what they've got going on as far artistic style. And for me, it just totally works because it's what they did with the characters, too. They kind of distilled the characters down to their best, yeah. uh, you know, like their yep. best, best attributes, like what made the characters interesting to begin with. Deconstruction at its finest. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and if you think about the time it came out, too, very postmodern thing to do, you know, take all the different Batman. Very true. I distill agree. it down and make, you know, this one Batman, you know, and. With the Justice League too, it's very interesting because about the time they were relaunching the cartoon or launching the cartoon, they were relaunching the comic with Grant Morrison writing it, um, and they launched it with almost the same storyline, but kind of a twist on it, you know, with White Martians. Is Daryl Taylor there? 
I hear like some sort of it's like a I hear some kind of feedback. Sounds like a bathosphere or something. <laughs> bathosphere. Oh, we why, didn't why the air from the odd zone from the he's, in, <laughs> he's he's documenting unknown species from the Marianas Trench, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl Taylor. Live from 40... That's deep. That's kind of it is. It is very deep indeed. Very, very deep. So, uh, Daryl, we're just... say he's rolling in the deep. At all. Could have. But no. You could have, but we didn't. We <laughs> are talking about the... Uh, the we're, we're talking about the Justice League episode right now, Daryl. We oh, okay. uh, we we're talking about the different creators that worked on the series, and uh, mm-hmm. well, we're just going to get to the cast. Carl Lumbly as uh, John Jones actually appears in more episodes than uh, George Newburner's Superman. So he he's the character that IMDb has first. He's appeared in more, more episodes of Justice League than, than the rest. As John Jones. He was also in uh, um, Alias with Jennifer Garner back in the day. Uh, he's I mean Carl Lumbly has been a character actor for a yeah. long, long time. Yeah, he played in Mantis. Yeah, Mantis. Oh right, Mantis. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he, he did. That was awesome. Like... The dude with the wheelchair, he was a right? Black superhero. Yeah, he yeah. was. Sweet. Why didn't uh, Tim Daly do the voice of Superman? Oh, he was, he, he was too busy doing nothing, I guess. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Cause, he was doing that court show. Oh, that's right, that he was. Thing. But that's why they got George Newbern. I thought he was pretty good as, uh, as Superman. Yeah, he was good. It's just, you know... It's, Either thought, that or maybe ask, ask for more money. Could be that, too. Maybe. Yeah, that could be as well. Um, but I thought George Newbern did a good job. He had that kind of earnestness that course, Daly yeah. had, and uh, but you mm-hmm. can tell it wasn't Daly, you know, obviously. Right. Um, Phil Lamar is Green Lantern. Phil Lamar will always have a special place in my heart because he was Samurai <laughs> Jack. The US, the UPS, the UBS guy from Mad TV. I love that. Yeah, Phil Lamar is great. Oh, yeah, the hyper UPS guy. And uh, he's he's great as John Stewart. Interesting too that they chose with all the lanterns they could have chosen. I mean, there was an episode of the uh, Superman animated series where they introduced Cal Rayner as a Green Lantern. Yeah. Right. Yet when they went with this, they went with John Stewart, and I'm glad they did because growing up in the in the '80s, John Stewart that um that run with Len Wein and Dave Gibbons doing the art. Um, yes. That was like one of my favorite runs of Green Lantern of all time. Well, they said on purpose that they were like we can't. They wanted to have some type of uh, representation on the show because they didn't have any, and and they said they you know they decided to pick John Stewart. I think it was Dwayne McDuffie and Paul Dini, and I think they all collectively said we need to we need to have somebody of color on the show. Yeah, I'm glad they did. Not only well, not only because he's a person of color, which is awesome that they would you know go for some diversity in the cast. But also, his character plays so well against so many of the other characters. You know what I mean? Um, even in this episode, him playing against, you know, meeting Wonder Woman for the first time. Uh, him playing against the Flash, you know? And then his character being so alike, or, or like um, uh, Shira Hall's uh, character. Mm-hmm. You know, that they mm-hmm. end up falling in love. Well, he set the... Yeah, they set the tone. Actually, the comics kind of... You know, they kind of had to fit the comics around because it was done so well and, and people liked yep. them on the cartoon so much that they had to kind of fit the character more to the, the comic book character yeah. more to the cartoon. But there was so I mean, po- that happens with movies. Yeah. That happens with movies all the time. Mm-hmm. They come out and they have to tweak it. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at what Marvel's done now. A lot of their characters look a lot more like they do in the movies. 
Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, Shira and Dance John were... Oh, I'm sorry. Except Captain America. Um, but, like, Shira and, uh, and, and John are, like, very, very much alike, you know what I mean? Because they're both very militaristic. I mean, John yeah. was a Marine, you know, Shira is a Thanagarian. Mm-hmm. So it made sense that they would, you know, uh, like each other. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum is the Flash, as Wally West, yes. which we touched on earlier, right. you know, about why we, well, we were so happy that it was Wally West. Um, Susan, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I'll say he is very much the comic relief in this run of the this cartoon verse i really really oh like. so much so so much so that in the justice that they become the freaking justice lords when he dies in right. the alternate yeah, universe the show. that's how that's how much he matters as being their comic relief and like their soul of the yeah. group or whatever you know yeah he, he became the heart yeah he, yeah he really became the heart of it that the um i think it's the end of i want to say it's the end of the second season of Justice League proper when uh, the Flash runs faster than he ever has before. He runs around the Earth so he can hit Luthor, uh, the Luthor-Brainiac yeah. hybrid, harder and harder. Oh, um, so nice. And then he ends up getting like almost lost in the Speed Force. I mean, again, you know, you're showing, you're showing that he's the, you know, the heart of the team. And remember how they pulled they pulled them out as a team, right? And they all had to get together to yes. do it because you know to call him back. Yep. Yeah, a lot like Wally West in DC Rebirth. You know, somebody yep. had to call him back and pull him back from the Speed Force. Oh, yeah, they were family. Yeah, exactly. They became family. And one of, personally, I think one of the sexiest voices in cartoons of ever and ever, Susan Eisenberg, as uh, Princess Diana. They don't refer to her as Wonder Woman in this episode at all. Yeah. No. She's Diana yeah. Themyscira, or a princess. And you notice how she sounds younger in the first season but as the, the show progresses she sounds older like they she she right. you know she develops her to be a little bit older in the voice which is not easy uh, it's but so progressive it's, it's progressively done that you don't notice it until you restart rewatching the the shows right yeah it, it's right to get some distance and then kind of look at him with new eyes yeah totally and I have to mention Andrew Romano, who's the casting, uh, the voice casting and uh, voice director, um, going for Warner Brothers, like going all the way back to like Animaniacs and Tiny Toons, and the original Batman animated series. She did all the voice casting and direction for that and for this. Yeah, which I watched Speaking last of, night. Oh. I was watching that last night with Dito. Cool. What'd you um, watch? What you watching? Uh, Batman animated uh, series. You watched the. The part two, the uh, two-parter for the uh, Two-Face, Origin of Two-Face. Oh, nice. yeah. Oh, yeah. We just did it on a whim, trying to find something to watch. I was going to say, you really we can't talking. go wrong with any of those. Um, yeah. It was so dark. Plus, I loved I loved how they had, not to go off on too much of a tangent, who, me? But um, <laughs> the, 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 Batman, the Two-Face uh, episode of Batman, that's great. They tie it to, like, Pamela Isley. And, uh, you know, Harvey's got ties to her. He's got ties to Bruce. I mean, it really, like, really, like, goes emotionally. Well, it works well emotionally when he does turn to Two-Face and Bruce just wants to help him. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dark thing. Like, when he does the, um, when they do the hypnosis to kind of reach the, the, uh, his other personality, which is Two-Face. Mm-hmm. And he just comes out of it and he's like, Harvey's not, a, not here. And he just changes his voice. Yeah. It it just it's creepy. It's like to to do. I mean, you really have to find the right actors to to do the voice acting for stuff sure. like that. 
Yep, but uh, that's when you mentioned when you mentioned Andrea Romano. Um, yeah, I just watched yesterday a documentary called "I Know That Voice." I don't know if you've seen that. Oh yeah, is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I saw that. she, She was in there, but I mean, it just goes into all this greatness about you know voice acting and whatnot. And yeah, yeah, you have to fight to find the right ones. But when you have talent like hers casting it. You're gonna get it. So. But also in this uh, episode that we're discussing today, we got Gary Cole as uh, J. Allen Carter, uh, Jason Marsden was playing Snapper Carr, um, Susan Sullivan, who's been on like a million shows uh, going back mm-hmm. to the '70s, was uh, Queen Hippolyta. Yeah. Let's see. Othelmar pulled double duty. He was also uh, one of the generals. Um, the this episode starts out on Mars. Okay, this episode, the first part of it starts out on Mars. There's uh, astronauts there that are poking around. And uh, one of the astronauts pries a rock. And it opens up a, a huge chasm in the Martian landscape he falls into. In the cave, he, he loses contact with his buddy over the radio. He tries to find the, uh, his way out. But he, instead, he finds a giant door, the giant lock on it in an alien temple. And, and the big stone door is shut. And, you know, we're alien writing all over it. So instead of leaving the giant stone door alone and thinking, right. thinking, well, maybe they built a stone door to keep something in, he does everything he can to open it up, and he is attacked by something. Then we get the title credits. The first time we ever get to see these, you know, um, just the title credits, the kind of 3D, almost Pixar-y versions of the characters that they show, you know. And the little uh, action poses. We then get uh, 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 credit that says Metropolis two years later. Uh, Batman is watching these scientists um, who are acting weird at one of the uh, global, um, like, giant uh, dish satellites. Turns out they're actually shape-changing aliens. Now, they they don't say that they're, they don't say that they're Martians. And this, they say, you know, when we giant, know that they're the white Martians, right? Right, yeah. but they're, they're de facto yeah. the white Martians from D.C. <laughs> Um, the aliens are trying to attach an alien doohickey onto the radio telescope, but Batman stops them, or so he thinks, and he turns out, you know, that, oh, wait, there might be a little more going on here, because that guy just turned into a big blob. Um, Superman shows up, offers him help, and then immediately collapses. (laughs) No help. (laughs) From getting, like, some sort of, something happened to his brain, he falls down. Uh, Batman has to save his butt. Uh, when the aliens uh, blow up the, the facility. Super load, more like. Uh, Batman and Superman talk. Batman has been noticing some, like, precise sabotage as a pattern with, like, their global defense systems. Um, Superman goes back to Metropolis, but he gives Batman a signal watch. Like, he gives Jimmy okay. Olsen. And Batman just kind of looks at him and goes, hmm. It was um, a nice joke when he said, yeah. uh, he said, Oh, call me if you need help. Uh, the next time you need help, you don't have to do it alone. And I know Batman's thinking in his mind. I just saved your ass. Like, yeah, right. Like, like, right help right? you helping me. Yeah, you're gonna help me by just collapsed. And yeah, I by just... falling down again. Is that what yeah. you're gonna do to help? Uh, Carter, the astronaut. Funny that the the name of the character is Carter, and he went to Mars. Just want to put that out there, isn't it? Yeah. How about yeah. that? Get it? Get it? Alan Carter? Get it? Get it? Oh. Alien, alien Alan. Oh. Um, 
the the astronaut's now a senator and a UN official, and he has Superman speak, and Superman offers himself as protection for the Earth, so that all the world's missiles can be gotten rid of, just like Superman 4. Until Nuclear Man comes. That's right. Let's put all our eggs in one basket. Look out for Nuclear Man, everybody. That's what I was thinking when I first saw it. Um, then we cut to Snapper Carr reporting six months later. Uh, Superman is collecting all of the nukes and putting them off in space into the sun, and he is protecting the Earth. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Batman yeah. finds alien tech and the aliens from before, in the earlier part of the episode, and uh, in a new lab. And he sneaks in and he sees the bodies of the people that the aliens are um, impersonating. And uh, as he's trying to free them, he gets attacked by a Martian dog. Um, yeah. Uh, Batman signals Superman for help. See, a watch turned out to be handy after all, huh? Yes, but it's too it late. Is. Bats is down, and, and just as uh, he's pulling from under a bookcase, <laughs> uh, Meteor hits Metropolis Central Park. Um, Superman leaves Batman with an EMT. Um, alien tripods, a la War of the Worlds. By the way, there's a lot of borrowing in this. <laughs> I don't know if you guys oh, yeah. know from a lot oh, of yeah, other sure. things. Um, the tripod's definitely from kind of War of the Worlds. Uh, this is yeah. very, like, dark Kirby looking. Oh, my God. It's so sci-fi derivative. I, I wrote it down, like, four things it reminded me of. Right. Seriously. Do it remind you of signs at the end when they figured out yeah, that sunlight, sunlight yeah. was the way to what kill them? What else you got? <laughs> what else you got? Uh, I got definitely yeah. War of the Worlds. I mean, those things the, are so oh, yeah. great. At this was before signs, though, wasn't it? That's what I was trying to figure out. Is it because it was Skyline? It was Battlefield Earth. It was like, but those some. It was before. Yeah, because the film Signs came out in two thousand two, so that was a year after this. So he stole it. Yep. And that M Night Shyamalama dude. Swear to God. Yeah, I'm. Dang it. I, I'm pretty sure that that was in, um, you know, pre-production and whatnot about the time that this episode came out. So. No, don't defend him. Yeah. Don't he defend stole. him. Hey, he's only he's ever made it. two films I liked, so. Was it what? And he probably last, stole those too. Last Airbender and what? Uh, oh, oh six, and, uh, no, 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 not Last Airbender. Six Cents and uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable, yes, that's it. That's exactly right. You win this round. The Last Airbender or AKA The Jersey Shore. <sighs> well, I mean, The Village, you know. <laughs> no. Hey. I mean, AKA. Double. Hey, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is be a lot of AKA. It's a twist. What is Colin. Colin. Highway. Colin. <laughs> That's the twist. Colin. Turn the it's water a on. That's twist. With the twist. <laughs> Don't you trust the tree? Uh, we also get a cut scene here of uh, Wonder Woman. Um, wanting to go check out uh, Man's World, but her mom had bought it, telling her no way. It's all corrupt. Well, mom. You don't want to deal with that. Come on, stay here in Themyscira. It's kind of just setting it up for later when she uh, decides to grab all of the magic stuff that she wears and bail. Oh, right. Mom. It was cool how they worked her kind of like origin or introduction into this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, into this story pretty well. Um. Also, her like, uh, you know, everyone calling her a rookie and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah! Like, how many times oh, do you have to remind us that she's yeah. an amateur? We get it. Um, she could yeah. probably drop a mountain on your ass, but uh, so you, hey, don't want... but, you know, stop. She's a newbie. But she's a noob, right? 
<laughs> you've got to yeah. you've got to rest the newbie. Okay. Uh, Batman wakes up and gets into the Batjet and starts to shoot the uh, tripod. Um, Superman helps, but then gets knocked into next week. And then uh, Superman kind of does the thing he did on the dish, freaks out again, and then flies away fast as he can. Hmm. And Batman's like, WTF, dude? Superman <laughs> didn't even do nothing. You had one job, man. <laughs> so Batman decides way, to Superman. follow him. And he tracks Superman to an army base, and they find John Jones chained up. Um, Shades of Cadmus, a little bit. That's oh, yeah, because we'll see some of this kind of stuff. Yeah, foreshadowing of Cadmus for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the psychic attacks on Superman were actually John trying to reach him, crying for help, to let him know about the alien invasion. And as they're getting to know one another. All of a sudden, a whole bunch of soldiers who are not really soldiers, but instead white Martians, ambush. The second part, we cut away to Diana back in Paradise Island. She grabs her weapons and armor, and she asks uh, her mom to forgive her, and then heads off to Man's World. Um, like, deuces! I'm grabbing all this stuff, and this and this, and I'm out. I need is me in this dog. This chair. (laughs) Yeah, all I need is this chair. And this this nightstand. And this spoon. (laughs) This spoon, that's it. All I need. Come on, shithead. This lasso. This lasso. And this Sierra. God, I love that you guys love that movie. <laughs> oh man, that movie is the best. <laughs> it's, 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 it's seriously it changing life. I too was born a poor black guy. Mm. Yeah, this is yes. the original pizza in a cup. You know, the new pizza in a cup guy wasn't as good, but this is the original pizza in a cup. That's all right. No, I remember. Oh yeah. <laughs> you want to come down and play some blues? No, the songs make me so depressed. Uh, Superman, Batman, and John Jones take off uh, to flee the Imperium horde. Uh, the Batman, the Batwing gets shot down. Batman and John Always. inside, but then all of a sudden this glow, this green glow, encapsulates the uh, Batwing, sets it down gently. It is the Green Lantern, and right behind him is Hawkgirl, and they make their triumphant debuts into the DC animated universe, and they help Superman. Say what? Easily becomes one of my favorite characters on this show. Who? They show. There's a lot of. They don't skirt around and they don't wait until he needs to show them. He's full power, uh, badassical from the gate. They show him too. They uh, run to town. I mean, and the, yeah. I love the part Batman's like, and it, Hawk Girl, what she's doing here? Right. And I like. They're a thing that you can. There are callbacks you will get a lot of. Like, there's certain things that just on the, the uh, Justice League cartoons, you get a lot of, like, Batman always falls down and gets hurt <laughs> under rubble. <laughs> oh, like, it happened so, so many times. But beat, like, the entire, so like, who didn't throw his. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have Superman always gets hurt. Superman always yeah. gets punched into things. I always like, like Super. I always like the one, it's the same. Uh, expression he makes every time he gets hit, hit with an energy beam. It's, it's the same as ah, like a lightning or energy <laughs> beam. It's like every, it's always the same reaction. 
And they do it a lot because, I mean, they can't write. I mean, what can you yeah. do Superman with, really? And Bat- so, Batman so always when, does that. Huh. So when Wonder Woman starts bringing down the aliens, like, at, at style, did you, did you like, kind of think in your mind that Spider-Man line from Civil War, like, hey, remember that really old movie? <laughs> oh, right. Another planet, and then... <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that watching this, but yeah, I could see. Yep. <laughs> like, Spider-Man when you see him? That really <laughs> old movie. Um, and, then you, yeah. and I like Batman. They uh, take down all the uh, the ships. Flash and Wonder Woman show up, and they uh, get in on the action. Uh, they start talking, and then John lays out the whole story about what happened on Mars when the Imperium invaded and killed his family. He was left the sole survivor of Mars. And then, uh, while John was John was in a hibernation cycle, um, the Carter, the astronaut, opened up the chamber that we talked about and unleashed the Imperium, the uh, the aliens. And then John tried to warn Earth, was immediately imprisoned. And, of uh, course. And he telepathically called the greatest heroes of Earth to join him to fight the aliens. So he is responsible for the Justice League. Which makes sense considering he was there at the beginning in the comic as well. He's really, yeah. really like, you know, I mean, it's hard to have a Justice League without John, I would think. Uh, even the Detroit League, he was in that one. <laughs> Um, they break up into groups to go take out these, like, smog factories that have popped up. The aliens are dropping all over the, uh, the Earth. Uh, Flash and Green Lantern take one. But Flash, of course, doesn't watch what he's doing. is an impetuous lad. And <laughs> gets stuck in goo. And, um, uh, Green Lantern has to help him and stuff. Um, they have to kind of retreat because they're outnumbered. Um, Hawkgirl and Superman are captured. And then John and Diana and Batman are in a uh, a factory. They retrieve a crystal that powers it, and on their way out, Batman gets trapped inside. And they uh, make allusions to the fact that Batman may be dead. Any, did anybody watching this above the age six years old think that Batman was in any way dead? No. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> so after their less-than-stellar uh, attack... The, uh, the four of them get together in Metropolis and realize that they need to get together and save Superman and Hawkgirl. So they um, they get down there and they try to save uh, Superman and Hawkgirl, but they are imprisoned in the uh, inside the factory. They're trapped in there, and they go in there, and it turns out it's not even Superman and Hawkgirl. They were they were lured in. It's an ambush. It's a trap made by this giant purple tentacly dude. It's a trifle. Called the Imperium. It's a oh, like I love the, that. I wrote that down. <laughs> who's the uh, the head of this uh, um, alien collective? And I guess he, and John is like we've met before earlier because they have like psychic warfare, uh, right? But it turns out that it, that there was a plan all along. Uh, Batman bursts in, saves the saves the day. He was telepathically shielded by John. So you could reverse the ion charge of the crystal that powers the factory. Whatever. Of course. They're going to turn it from red to blue. And it turns out, guess what, everybody? The Imperium cannot stand sunlight. Batman saves the day. The Justice League kicks a lot of butt. The sun burns through the Imperium horde. Uh, Wonder Woman strangles the purple blob shuttle with her lasso while Hawkgirl smacks it around with her mace. 
And Everyone not, gets a scene, which I like. Everyone gets a nice scene, and uh, yeah. sunlight melts it away, and uh, another poorly planned campaign of Earth thwarted. The last part, uh, after the fight sequence, uh, we see you know, General Wells talking about, you know, what are we going to do next time this happens or whatever, and there's uh, you see Batman kind of thinking, and then 30 seconds later, boom, there's a giant satellite watchtower built. Uh, <laughs> These things happen. They have their own citadel, for Christ's sakes. Sure. <laughs> Just, build it, build Just it like minutes. Jerry has Insta Ham, Batman has Insta satellite it, it just called, happened to be up there he called cisco <laughs> it is cool but i mean yeah that cisco, was kind of quick like oh we have a space station <laughs> yeah like i had nothing else to do i mean it just let out yeah. Yeah. Cisco, a satellite. you know all those workers that got laid off after the death star they, they had to go somewhere <laughs> I was i'm saying i had <laughs> hard times exactly. been oh that wasn't them because that was a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away it's that old movie, remember? I gotta commute, man. Oh, yeah. I gotta commute. <laughs> it's even yeah. worse, man. Now I gotta commute to get to work. Um, exactly. The, uh, the, uh, um, the group gathers on the watchtower. They kind of show it off, and uh, Flash introduces Wonder, Woman's to the, Wonder Woman to the uh, delights of the ice mocha. And they all agree to join. Uh, they say, uh, you know, Flash is like, what, like a bunch of super friends? And he goes, I thought more like a Justice League. And he says, like, do you know how corny that sounds? And uh, <laughs> they all join, uh, except for Batman. Batman's that. like, I'm not much of a team player. I'm not much of a joiner. But if you need help, and you will, I'll be there. And then uh, he takes off. And then uh, Superman and Martian Manhunter have a moment. You know, Martian Manhunter's like, I'm the last of my kind. And Superman's like, I know how you feel, bro. And I got the same feels. And yeah, uh, he, uh, he invites John to be part of the Justice League as well. The end. Yay! So good. Some interesting things about this. This um, In the first season of Justice League, they, they tried to make Superman look a little bit older by putting mm-hmm. lines around his eyes and a little bit of gray yeah. highlight in his hair. But audiences didn't like that look. And in season two, he's back to the same model as Superman, the animated series. And... Um, and they used his facial designs from that for Jor-El in Justice League Unlimited. Mm. Um, and Batman is the only character that had his original uh, voice actor, Kevin Conroy. Yep. Um, Tim Daly could not play Superman because of his commitment on the short-lived revival of The Fugitive. I knew it was a show. Yep. Ah. And Charlie Schlatter played The Flash in the one episode where Superman raced Flash versus the Weather Wizard. Um... Snapper Carver is, of course, the original teen mascot of the uh, Super uh, of the Justice League, and he shows up in this as a uh, you know, news reporter throughout the thing. It's like a framing device. Yeah. Um, John is never referred to by his comic book code name, and neither is Diana. Nope. Uh, through the whole thing, um, and that's about it. That's all. That's all I've got. Anybody else want to add thoughts? Um, I read a lot of stuff about all the sci derivative stuff like the mothership was real Star Trekky. Oh, and real, real um, Independence Day too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, wrote down, <laughs> I wrote down Independence Day. I wrote down the the aliens were kind of a little shop of horror ish and aliens mm-hmm. where um, the scientist was like part of this big meld thing or whatever. And mm-hmm. I wrote down 
Yeah, like a lot of sci-fi stuff. The like, Boyles you know, like, always Lovecraft, freak me out. H.G. Wells, Robert Chambers. Yep. Pretty cool. Very. I mean, if you're gonna steal, steal from the docks, right? He really did. Uh, <laughs> he really, <laughs> did. really did. Yeah. And I think Hawkman, a Hawk girl, never. She always used that mace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was a good part. That was always her weapon. And it was interesting to me that a character with like such um like a tangled continuity like Hawkgirl, they just made it mm-hmm. a very very simple version of the character, you know, very clean. Oh yeah. Very strange. much like okay, she's Thanagarian, she's exiled. You know. It took what, three two seasons to even figure out how they want to tackle Hawkman? Right. And then when they did it was in that Star Crossed uh movie when the Thanagarians attack. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't it? even in that. No, oh, no, oh, there, you're right. There was an episode with Carter Hall, too, called Shadow right. of the Hawk. Right, that was later, yeah. He yeah. was an archaeologist, and that was later on. But there was also a guy in the Starcrossed episode who was named Kator Hall. Right. They hinted yeah. at Right, yeah. and then they ended, the up the, right, and they ended up bringing the Carter Hall later. Right. Yep. So. But they still, uh, they still couldn't uh, keep... Uh, John and her apart because they got back together anyway. Yep. And them babies. <laughs> Warhawk, yeah. That's right. Played out in the uh, played out in the future episode. It was destiny. I can't wait to get to that episode because John is like, you know, who is your dad? <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> exactly. he's, like, he's like, don't you know? <laughs> he's like, I'm a good man. I don't remember this. Okay, well, that's Secret Origins, and like I said, we're going to do a couple every week, and we invite you to join us and watch them on Netflix as well. It's a lot of fun. Yep, next great... week is In the Blackest Night and The Enemy Below. Yes. Enemy Below is the uh, the introduction of Aquaman, I think, right? I think so. And I think In Blackest yeah, Night is yeah. the first telling of the Kanjar Rose story. So. I think that's when yeah. we first see Deadshot, too. Hmm. John Stewart, he, uh, he goes back to the hood. And visits. They make a little touch. shaft. He has like a shaft type of uh never been to the hood. Montage. Don't come he's to wearing, the hood. He's yeah. wearing shades. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing the shades. They got the music the going. Jacket. Yeah, he looks good, man. I remember. Yeah. I can't wait. Okay, well, that'll be next week. Uh, Justice League Video Club. Join it. Watch it. Be about it. Also next week, we will have a new episode of Preacher to talk about. Yay! Oh, yeah. Which has been very interesting. And we will have more news and fun stuff and digressions and tangents and all that other kind of great things. And if you like podcasts that are geeky, and I imagine you would, because you're listening to this one, then head over to hhwod.com. Check out this podcast. Check it there. Check out the Walking Dead TV podcast. Check out the Black Box from Sean Pryor. Check out the Whedon cast, which is back on the rails. Uh, it's All Connected, which does for Marvel what we do for T- DC TV. And once you're done and exhausted all those possibilities, head over to the Taylor Network of Podcast.com, which is not only a clearinghouse for all the pop culture news that you will ever possibly need, but also the home for many great podcasts, including Gotham by Geeks, and uh, Jake's Happy Hour, and Yeah, I Said It, and of course, No Apologies, and uh, Nothing's On, and so many other great shows over there. Check them out. And watch uh, the cars. I know, I keep hearing the Silver Surfer go by. I'm like, cool. It's Norton Rod, man. Far out. Yeah. Well, until next week when we talk Preacher and we talk more Justice League cartoons, we are Ghost. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Later. Oh, we had no news?
We already did the news. We did the news without you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the news in the beginning. Again, as I ask you to vote for 